0: Greetings, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Decision Hour. I am your host, Adam Burt, and with me, back at it, behind the mic, from a faraway land, my buddy, John. John, how are you? Doing great. Doing fantastic. We are continuing this series called Let's Have a Conversation. And this one is, this particular episode, we got several in the queue right now, but this one's getting pumped out. Um, right away because of everything that is, has transpired uh, within the last week. And we're this week, we're going to talk about Afghanistan and everything that's going on, uh, the the pullout, um, how it all went down, what's going on, and maybe what to expect or what, what we think might happen uh, moving forward. So, John, being the fact that you are in the Middle East, Area, what is the tensions like over there right now?
1: Yeah, so I I say that it's real tense, and mostly because it's just we've just become very unstable, and I think uh, I think everyone, uh, especially Americans, are uh, having a they they are feeling a little nervous tonight about what might occur, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of real nervous Iraqis here uh, in Iraq. Uh, as well, uh, wondering what would happen if, you know, the, you know, Iranian backed um, Shia militias were able to, to uh, take over here. Uh, so I, I, I would just generally say that I, I my sense is that tensions are, are definitely heightened. Um, I think it's pretty for, I can speak for here, I, I think it's actually fairly stable. We're expecting things may heat up as we get into uh, the fall, there's some symbolic dates. You know, there's September 11th, there's other symbolic dates, and uh, that, that may be ripe. But we're, we've also got emboldened enemies worldwide. Uh, we've shown ourselves um, to be uh, a paper tiger. Uh, I think that some of the very powerful opposition, you know, enemies like uh, Russia and China, uh, and certainly, Iran are are very, very. They're feeling real good tonight. You know, they're the they're the winners. Um, and we're going to see if they're going to test us.
0: Yeah, I we'll see. I, so you hit on a lot of things right there. How do I want to yeah. test this? <sighs> paper tiger. It's a paper tiger. Yeah. Is that is that we said. I haven't heard that analogy before, but I like that. So. Yeah. We, the rest of the world is laughing at us yeah absolutely. russia china china in particular and i want to i'll get into them here in a second yeah but but we've we've shown our weakness we've shown that we are weak as as a country and and i'm saying we meaning this administration has shown that we're we're, we're and how do we used to say it up, tore up from the floor up right and and, right. and we can't there's nothing that we can't do we've we've shown our hand if, if we had one really to begin with um and then you look at China and I want to bring up China this is a, a very hard subject for me on a per because I've, I've been studying this China for the last several years six seven years ago when they started building those islands in the South china Sea nobody oh, yeah. nobody thought anything of it it was just like, oh, this is what we're gonna. This we're just gonna let them do that. Well, you realize that that's a main area of transport for cargo ships is in that area in that region that loses a lot of access to things that we maybe in, with trade and and whatnot. And then you have Iran that that controls the what is it the the. the uh, thank you, Uh up there. So now wow. we now we're in a we've we've kind of sectioned ourselves off from that. Now the other thing about China is they've built those islands. They have military capabilities from those islands right now. As this podcast goes out, China has military uh, personnel on those islands right now. That is not far from Taiwan. And that is a comp- uh, c- country that we really need to be keeping our eye on right now and what's happening there. And I've predicted that something is going to happen. Before Christmas of this year, I pray that it doesn't. But unfortunately, with the China's track record and and given their history and stuff, I think something is going to go down there in, in Southeast Asia um, very, very soon. And and that's and I think we're you know, let me ask you this, John: Are we on the ber- breaks of World War Three?
1: God, I hope to hell not. I, I hate to say that not.
0: and I'm not I, folks, let me back up and say this. The show's called The Decision Hour and we have to make hard decisions each and every day. And and John and I when we came together to to start this series of let's have a conversation, that's that was we made that decision to have these tough conversations. And I think we initially started with like four or five topics and we're we're well over 10 at this point. And we keep coming up with different things. And this, this, may just, this may be the new Decision Hour of Let's Have a Conversation series because right. it's stuff like this that we have to make a decision of what we are going to do. If you are sitting at home and you are tired of seeing what's going on in the country that you live in right now, then it's time for you to make the decision, get up and do something about it. Stop bitching about it and start making a stand. And it starts... With one listening to this podcast, but two, getting involved with your local uh, political—you know—it starts at the local level, and you have to start within the t- with your borough, your town, your city, uh, and then county to to state level. Start locally and start making changes, positive changes there. And I'm and you not once in this rant that I'm on have I said. You need to do it this way. You need to do it that way. You need to vote for these people or that people. I'm not telling you who to vote for. That's not what we're here for. We're here to give you another outlook, maybe a, a, a view of what it's like to, to look from outside of the box that you are currently in. That's it. That's what we are here to do. And Afghanistan, what's going on right now, whether you think we should have been there or not is is irrelevant. Personally, I we never should have, we never should have went there. And, and there's a all, and I can sprout out all kinds of different conspiracy theories about the government and why we were why we ended up in Afghanistan to begin with. People want to say, well, it's it's Trump Trump's fault. Well, you know, actually, I would agree with you to a very small percentage of that because I don't necessarily, although it's the current administration's fault on how it was handled, I ugh, I can't believe I'm going to say this on air. I don't necessarily believe that it's this administration's fault completely because so, we've yeah. had other administrations in place over the last 20 years.
1: Yeah, I think if you're going to, and i tell you what, Adam, because I've I'm about to, I'm about to drop a. am about to drop a big bomb. Let here. it go. Let it go. Right. Real quick. Let's take a pause. Uh, can you give me permission to record? Yes, please. Um, I think you've got to grant me permission somehow. Oh, do I? All right. Let me see. Yeah. Here. If you don't know how to do it, it's fine. We'll, we'll just, we'll, we'll just, uh, not do it, but, um, I didn't want to I didn't want to break your momentum there, man.
0: No, no, no. Let me see here. Um well here, I'll just record it and send this to you.
1: Okay, sounds good.
0: Easy enough. Easy day.
1: Recording in progress. There, there we, we go. go. Recording Look at in that. progress. There we go. Now we got Can video, folks. For this. All right. So I want to kind of back up just a little bit. We, we had talked about the purpose of the decision hour Yeah. and people, you know, our purpose here, the way I kind of soundbited it is I've said, Hey, <laughs> we are here to, to uh, equip uh, and um, to equip people and to educate people and to inspire people to take action in the world with courage and truth. Right. Um, so this, this week when this whole debacle began to unfold initially i was super quick to throw blame around and you know biden's such an idiot and everybody's everybody's a re, you know just everybody's an absolute you know m- mental patient completely incompetent right. and that's that is probably still true but that's more of an opinion very quickly i was i was want to throw blame anywhere. Now I want everybody to listen to me very carefully for the next five seconds. Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror, folks. We let this happen. This is our fault. And we need to look in the mirror and we need to stand up, and we need to take responsibility, and that means owning up to, to our part in this. Who did you vote for? Why did you vote for those people? Were you educated when you went to the voting booth? No. Uh, did you have a Did you have a conversation with other people ar- around you? Did you know what the heck you were doing when? when you went to work for a particular campaign uh have you never figured out why it is you have uh a belief that um you know that may be not in line with the founding principles that uh, that america um stands for or should stand for um what is your part in it and i'll tell you what um you know i'm i've i've looked in the mirror you know did I do enough? Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm awakened now, but, and, and I'm on podcasts and I'm doing videos and I'm, and I'm posting, you know, articles and I, I'm, I'm doing as much as I can, but I certainly was like much of America these days, self-absorbed and, uh, you know, felt like doing my civic duty was just going and and voting, as long as I vote, voted for a candidate that wasn't wasn't completely uh, nuts, I could feel like I was being a good citizen. But I don't think that's enough now. And when we have when we have a colossal failure on the world stage, it is already being called the worst, the worst uh, diplomatic, foreign relations. Debacle in the history of the United States, right? That's saying a lot, right there. And I, I just want my message to be really clear. I think my main message on today's today's podcast is we each carry a share of the blame for this debacle, right? But moving moving on, you know, I, I, I was t- we were talking or at least I was getting ready to uh, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, where, where does Blaine go? Well, having been somewhat peripherally involved in, in, in this evacuation from here in Iraq, uh, it wasn't, it, there, there was, our, our leaders are lying to us. John, that's a, that, that's a pretty bold, huh.
0: that's a very bold statement.
1: Okay, so let me, I'll soften it just a bit, but it's not going to sound like I'm softening it. All right, General, General Milani still maintains that uh, his tasking from the president was to secure the embassy in Kabul and uh, secure the Kabul airport. And he says the military did not have a people enough people in country to protect Bagram. For those who don't know, Bagram was a airfield about Oh, I don't know. Twenty miles north of uh, of uh, Kabul, it's uh, a fortress, and would have been a great place to to work out of to to slowly to slowly draw draw things down. Tremendous capability there, and we let it go. So, I would look the gen- good general right in the eye, and I, there's several statements he's made this week, and I would say, and I would say, sir. You're either a mental patient or you're lying. Which is it? Because there's just no, me- there's no middle ground. Nobody, Adam, is taking any responsibility. The president, the president st- came, came out and he gave a pitiful excuse for a speech, walked off the stage to go get ice cream or donuts or something, and then did an interview with uh, George Stephanopoulos, Uh, Was it last night or the night before before. in which Stephanopoulos was actually for once in his life trying to ask some tough questions and uh, Biden very arrogantly and narcissistically refused to take any sort of responsibility or to acknowledge that this thing was not going well.
0: It amazes me that he doesn't take any responsibility, considering that he was the VP in one of these administrations during the last twenty years of what's gone on in Afghanistan.
1: Back I've, to your point, there's plenty of blame to go around, right? And probably if you want to lay lay the most blame at anybody's feet, it's George W. Bush, right? If you want to lay the most blame, because everybody else kind of had to deal with the mess that he started, right?
0: Right. Uh, and, that, and that's why I said it. Like, I, I don't necessarily – the way that it was handled definitely falls on this administration. How it Absolutely. started does not entirely, although the fact that, that Uncle Joe has been in some type of political spectrum with this for the last 20-plus years and the 60-plus years that he's been in in, in public office – he's, he's got to take some type of the, the blame and he was in charge of something during when this whole first during the Obama administration that kicked off like he was part of the foreign relation thing. and don't quote me on what the foreign relations side of it but he was in charge of something that had something to do with Afghanistan and the relationship excuse me and how it was all put together and and then people are like well you know the Trump administration could have did this and that he got rid of a couple of bad guys. And, and he kind of initiated the process of, hey, let's get our troops out of Afghanistan. Was there an actual plan in place? It, there was one that was being started that I know of, at least from what I have heard. But then to go around and take that and then just be like, all right, this is what we're doing, and then announce it publicly without any— any uh, and, and then follow through with it, and then and then you see what happens. You— if you're going to leave a country, you shouldn't, you know, make it public after you're already gone. But then at the same time, you should have had, you know, security watch, overwatch and 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 a backup plans in place and all of that. And that wasn't, it was just like, I woke up this morning, John. And I said, John, pack your shit, get on the plane. We're leaving this afternoon. And that's basically how it, how it went down.
1: Adam, that's exactly how it went down. Most of our folks have got uh, a backpack, basically a carry on most of our folks came out of there uh we left you know what i better not talk about what got left right you and i talked about it when we weren't recording but right. uh uh we there the shit that we, you listen the like I, the, the
0: the stuff that you, what there are enough news articles and and memes and pictures that are going around right now that you can see God. what we've left and I'm going to say this because this is one of the things that really pissed me off this week. I saw a meme where the Taliban now has access to drones, vehicles, all this other stuff. But our administration is saying it's not safe to carry or to have an AR-15 in your house. That's, this is the only time I'll make a, a statement about something right. like that. But I want yeah. you guys to think. think. This is a time in your life where you have to make a decision. And that decision hour right now is upon you. And if you have a government telling you you can't own a firearm, but then they turn around and they're giving basically an arsenal to the Taliban. Who who who, do you, who who should you really
1: be worried about? Guess what the the Taliban's doing right now. I don't know if it's being reported. Guess what they're doing. Oh, God. Same subject. Guess what they're doing. I, I'm not they're going around here collecting weapons from. The population that's oh that's right I did see that
0: yeah they're, yeah they're they're getting all private weapons from people yep but and the, and they're so, playing and they're playing and here's the thing when it was they, they shout the CNN reporter because she's a moron said they're shouting death to America but they seem peaceful and like one you know, day what, one what day one day she girl. was we- one day she was wearing civilian clothes and then the next day when she did that, she was wearing the traditional what robe yep. that, that that women wear. and what gets me is that I don't remember and and I and I don't this is this is just me saying this. I don't remember how many women have actually been around the Taliban and were able to live long enough to to do a story uh, about it. I remember a lot of men being around the Taliban reporting stories. I don't remember a lot of women being around a terrorist group and then getting away with saying what they said.
1: No, you know, and I've got so much to say about the Taliban. When when the I coined a phrase that I've now made into a meme that apparently is getting a little traction. But uh, when when Donald Trump's regime or or administration was uh, announced that they were. Negotiating with the Taliban, I turned to one of my friends and I said, I said, I would rather negotiate with a bucket full of rattlesnakes oh, I did too, than yeah. with the Taliban. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a no shitter. I turned right to my whoever it was that I was talking to. And I said that and I stand by that. Uh, anybody who has dealt with these these people before knows that they are. They are absolutely brutal, and they are 100 percent – they are 100 percent dedicated to what they do, and nothing escapes I, I, I look at the whole
0: Trump thing – like, I was surprised at first, but then I look at it like that was a business proposition is what it boils down to. Yeah, and, I have no and, idea. I, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. Yeah. I'm saying it was a business proposition, and here's how it ties in with what's happened this week is that you look at the Taliban. There's protesting that was going on this morning over there when I when I saw – I don't know if you saw the news on that, but that was – as of yeah. this morning, there was protesting. There was women in the streets whom yep. were protesting, and there wasn't any yep. – there was not any uh, – they were allowing everybody to protest. There wasn't any violence or anything like that. Um, during the during these protests, so the Taliban had stayed back, and they're letting these people protest. How long do you think that that's going to last? Right, it's already stopped. Adam. And, and I this, can tell you, it's already stopped. And if you if you look at, and I posted something about history because we John, and your history buff. We've talked about in past episodes, you and I have talked about here in the United States, taking down statues, taking down trying to rewrite history or trying to erase history from it. Right. Yeah. This is one of those situations outside of the United States is look at Afghanistan. Look at the Taliban. Look at history, learn from the history. So you don't repeat it.
1: Adam, I 100% agree. Agree. Unfortunately, there is, there is another quote. And I can't, unfortunately, I can't remember who said it, but the quote was what we learn from history is that we don't learn from history. <laughs> yeah. That's so damn, that's, which is that's so, so true. true. Yeah. And okay. And, now and said, I, I love the direction we're going with this conversation, but I gotta, I gotta throw a, Throw a frag in
0: the room. Mm. Okay,
1: I, I gotta throw a frag in the room, and, and I think I, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing seeing the look on your face when I throw this one out there. All right. So in past episodes, I've made a back of the napkin case that wokeism is a religion. We just kind of it was sort of an aside that we did in one of the one of the podcasts. Now, I want you to think about where wokeism has taken us and what it is doing. And, I'm, and when I say wokeism, I'm using that as a sort of a symbol for the left, what the left has done to our country with Antifa and, you know, the whole BLM fiasco and uh, what's going on in, in education suppression of free speech, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm going to ask the question. First of all, I'm going to make a statement. Wokeism is a fundamentalist ideology that is not very different from the fundamentalist religious beliefs of the Taliban. Look at what they're doing. They're suppressing free speech. Suppressing free thought, suppressing freedom of expression, oppressing people based on their status that they can't control, like being a woman or, you know, being from another country or being a Christian or being a Jew or whatever. they are taking control uh, by force. They are basically killing or beating or. Uh, shouting down and running off anybody who opposes them. They're now disarming the pop populace, which is the dream of the left. That is their, you know, that is their, one of their highest goals. That's their, one of their Mount Suribachis. Now, let me, let me ask you this. In America, we cancel somebody for a 20 year old remark for a, Offhanded remark they made 20 years ago. Somebody may be a prominent, prominent, you know, businessman or something. Next thing we know, that person's life is ruined. They may have lost their job. They may, you know, they may have lost money trying to defend themselves because they've gotten canceled. Now, how is that that different than in Afghanistan where the Taliban is stoning somebody for playing music? or cutting off a hand or a finger because they stole a piece of food from the market because they were hungry in terms of ideology and its complete lack of grace. (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah. When you, I'm serious. When, I asked myself you, that when, question when and I I that, couldn't. You're painting a picture. And I mean you you're not wrong.
1: I don't I think, think I the, am. The
0: difference I th- would say the difference is is that here what we see here is mm. I'm I'm going to say this and this is probably going to lose listeners. The mainstream media is our Taliban here, meaning they have control over what we see, what we are led to believe, and 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 it's not just the mainstream media because the mainstream media is being told by the the powers to be or whatnot. So I so when you listen to this, I'm not saying that it's it's just the mainstream media because because it's not. They're a big, big part of it, and I think they're the I, they're toxic waste, in, in my opinion. And and I've said, I've wanna... said that for years. But I I think if you look at it, they're they're doing the same thing that the Taliban is is doing. Well, and, and I know some of you out there right now are just like, this guy's crazy. He, you know, the Taliban are doing this. They they rape women. They they kill people. They do this. They do that. And and you're right. You're not wrong in that assessment. We're just they're doing, both they're, they're fundamentalist we're just, ideologies. We're just, the, the mainstream media here in the United States is just doing it differently. They're killing you softly. They're killing you, they're, they're, they're torturing you long term. They're breaking you down, feeding you their opinions, not facts, but opinions. And it's the same thing with the CDC. I said it. The C D C is the same thing. You gotta trust a friend of mine who for years, you gotta trust the science. No, you don't. Who's feeding the science population? Who's telling you that you have to believe the science? I believe in, in, in science. I don't necessarily believe the science. There's a big difference there, folks.
1: There is a big difference. You know, let's let's not forget that science science is a constantly evolving thing. And you know, we we often find out years later, that something we thought was a, a, you know, a decent treatment for a disease or a decent therapy for something uh, was real quackery and very harmful. Um, you know, uh, somebody gets sick and the doctor comes in and bleeds you, right? That's just an example of a very common pro- practice that as we got more advanced and we learned more, we found out was actually harmful. Uh, so science is constantly evolving and, and we don't know we don't know what we don't know, and uh, and I just think, uh, with regard to, uh, you know, particularly with uh, with the, the COVID vaccine, uh, I just think people. I mean you know what? I'm not going to say I think, people should. Be in control of their medical decisions. I mean, I can't just can't imagine. Anything more that's personal, but John, you're 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 talking
0: common sense now, and we can't have that in this country because that would make right. that would make sense. So I'm going to stop you right there because I can, and I I I am stopping you from saying something that could potentially hurt yourself uh, for that because because I care because I I'm I feel like I'm part of the government and I care, okay. Absolutely, I, so I know. Just, just stop. It's all about just, keeping you safe. Stop. Thank I'm, you, Adam. I'm trying to keep you safe from yourself, so please watch what you say because I will have to mute your mic moving
1: forward. Then, okay, I I understand now. Yeah, I'll be. Can I wear a mask too? <laughs> I, I like calling them face diapers now. But uh, anyway, I love so. <laughs> I <laughs> Love it! I, I, I picked that up from Bongino. I heard him. I heard him uh, saying that, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, stealing that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you got, me, up, yeah. you got a diaper it's, up, man. You got a diaper up. I let
0: like, oh. I I, I me, mean, folks. I tell you, it's like it. It's one of these things where John and I are not telling you what to think or what to believe. We're telling you merely our opinions, and and unlike mainstream media. We will tell you that it is our opinion, as opposed to some of these mainstream media hacks that are out there that, that say, well, this is the facts. This isn't the facts. The mainstream media job—I've said this before. I'm going to say it again for you, those of you in the back or those of you that are just tuning in. The mainstream media job is to provoke an emotional reaction from you. They don't give a damn about whether or not they're telling the truth because they can always fix the story later. It's all about who can get to the the story first, and then they'll be like, oh, we were wrong, so now we're going to update this story. Well, maybe if you actually did your job, and this is coming from somebody that's not a journalist, that didn't go to school for journalism, this is somebody that I like to think has some street smarts and just some basic fucking common sense. Yes, I dropped the F-bomb because it's getting to that point now. It's time to make a decision and wake the hell up, people. And, and, And again, whether you're for the vaccine or against it, it doesn't matter. Me personally, I'm not going to get it. And if you think that I'm endangering you, that's your opinion. Stay the fuck away from me then. I don't know what to tell you. I have majority of my family members have taken it. I see them. I love them. I don't think any differently of them. They feel safe. That's fine. It's just not for me. And what really is now I'm on my, my soapbox here, you get these these things that say, you know, and the vaccine this, vaccine that where are all the people that my body, my choice? Where are all of those people right now? Nobody's nobody's saying my body, my choice. None of that stuff's happening now. So that just that only that only ties in when it's convenient for them and it fits their narrative. And it's the same thing with Afghanistan. However, you want to look at it. look. I've been following a lot of vets on social media that have said stuff to me. Listen, if you served in Afghanistan, I personally didn't. I served in Iraq. I did not make the 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 Afghan trip. Call us. We're here to we're here to help. First first and foremost, and we love you. We're here to, we're here to listen. And and whether, and, and no. Furthermore, you didn't do anything wrong. We didn't lose these wars. Politicians did. It has nothing to do with us. It affects us, you know, Adam, but it has nothing to do. It wasn't anything that
1: we did, period. Absolutely not. And I'll tell you what, you know, you and I, before we started started the show today, we're, we're talking about, you know, hey, how you doing? And I was telling you kind of my my story of, of how I felt and how I ended up talking to a lot of other vets. I had dudes, you know, I, I got on a Zoom call with my old co-pilot from Afghanistan, uh, talked to my another one of my old co-pilots from Afghanistan that same day. I was really feeling it. And I'm about to I'm about to finish up a, a video. I've actually already, it's posted, but in, in one of the updates that the Afghanistan updates I did where I closed out with this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna break it out as a separate video as just a message to Afghanistan war veterans. And the essence of what I say in there is that is that if I could go back and and I could be there with all of you guys again and I could go back 20 years and be there with you guys again, I would go because you guys are the ones who made it worthwhile, which may sound a little funny to civilians, but the military guys get it. That being there and doing that job and working together and being there together, that's what it's about. And I don't need any more than that. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, yeah,
0: yeah. It, it's so. What What do we do? You know, let what happens now? I guess let's let's transition to this a little bit. So, what happens yeah. now? We're, we, we've moved out of Afghanistan, although now we're sending what 3,500 3, troops back.
1: Uh, you know what? I've got the number here. We now have, as of this afternoon, 5,000 troops on the ground.
0: 5,000 troops in Afghanistan right now. Yeah.
1: We were maintaining the status quo with 2,500. Right. And this gets into Dan Crenshaw's uh, argument about, hey, look, we had 2,500 there. It was was status quo. It was going okay. We kind of should have just done that because now it's costing us billions upon billions just to get our people out. Whereas we kind of could have done this on the cheap. And when I heard him make that case yesterday, I was like, you know what, he's kind of right. I'm still of the opinion we should have gotten out of Afghanistan. But when you start looking at some of the geopolitical implications here, so what happens now, we're not sure. But here's what we do now. We do know there's a power vacuum there in Afghanistan. Yeah, Taliban's there, but that's not real power that can be projected. We know China is poised to move in there. They already own the largest uh, copper mine. Who's to say they're not funding it? They very well could be funding it. Right? They very well could be funding it. Uh, but China will have, I think, personally. I this is based on no intelligence. This is based on nothing other than just me looking at the map and on and what I understand about the world right now is China can pay off the war lot. Lower, <laughs> Can pay off the warlords, pay off the Taliban, keep the Taliban happy, you know, send them some more 12 year old girls and, uh, you know, allow them to continue to off people in the soccer stadium as entertainment on a a daily basis. And um, and China can operate in there. Now, through that influence, um, they have an easy, an easy route to also liaise with Iran. Uh, who is obviously much more advanced, much more of a real threat, uh, you know, to the United States and the West, but they control the, or can control the Straits of Hormuz. So by proxy with influence exercised, you know, with these ties through Afghanistan into Iran, it's much easier for China now to coordinate something like, hey guys, we'll, you know, we'll fund you We'll give you some money. We'll give you some equipment. Be We'd right. really like for you guys to shut down the Straits of Hormuz now. And oh, by the way, China has a base in Djibouti, which would allow them to um, uh, control the, uh, uh, I won't say the whole Red Sea, but basically the Red Sea, the, uh, I forgot the name of the strait down there at the southern end of the, of the, um, the southern end of the Red Sea, but it's like Bobble, Bobble Mandeb or something like that. I was hoping I maybe had it written up here someplace, but, uh, you know, the other thing,
0: when you look at Afghanistan and you mentioned two superpowers, Russia and and China, you know, and I'd go as far as saying India and, and, and Iran. One thing we have not brought up is now that China is let's, let's say that China is funding some of the Taliban or, or pays off the Taliban to just basically leave China alone, let them do whatever they want. Kind of hired guns, if you will.
1: Yeah. Who's going to have the
0: new nuclear power?
1: Globally, or are you talking about who's getting nukes next? Next, both,
0: because look at that region. Iran's had that issue for a long time. We know China. So this has is had a, it. A, a, and Adam, and now that all of that is I'm, all of that is going on right now, and there and, is nothing. And, to you stop haven't you haven't China heard a single a, thing on mainstream media about whose nuclear capabilities are going to do what now that United States is out of Afghanistan. Yeah. Like this, the literally I said earlier that this is we're on, we've said for years that we're, you know, that this could be the verge of world war three. I guess sure. what folks hell's gates are open right now.
1: Yeah. So I would certainly agree. And I even, I even put out a soundbite that said, uh, that, um, uh, we will reap the fruits of this unmitigated Af- uh, Afghanistan disaster for the next century and beyond in geopolitical decline. So imagine this, you're, you're one of the pretty good sized kids on the playground, right? And the other two pretty good sized kids on the playground team up with, with two or three or four of the little kids and they all, te- they all gang up on you and uh, you get knocked down. Well, now you're down on the ground and now you got 4 5 6 other kids piling on top of you and they they're taking advantage of the situation that you're now down on the ground and they are going to beat the ever living crap out of you now that's a little bit of a silly example but that's a I think a pretty good assessment of where we are we we are we have put ourselves on the ground because we were colossally stupid and foolish, we are now shown to be a paper tiger. As I said before, we are have shown ourselves to be to be catastrophically untrustworthy. We have tremendous domestic as well as international distrust. The American people, you, the Joe Biden's approval poll dropped, I think it was seven or eight points yesterday alone. Um, the American people are not trusting their government. The government within it is not trusting themselves within the government. Everybody's pointing fingers. Everybody was, uh, General Milley blamed the, or Milley blamed the, uh, blamed the intelligence community. Uh, uh, the secretary of, uh, the nope, Secretary of State, I believe, blamed the Taliban not uh being willing to fight. Uh Joe Biden blamed uh Trump. Everybody's everybody's pointing fingers at each other and they're getting nothing done. And meanwhile, on the outside, we've got a lot of enemies that are taking advantage of it. And if you think they're gonna let their boot off of our throat for one second, you you are high as a kite. And because it's not the way this world works. I'll tell you one one thing I'll just tell you real quick just to illustrate why I'm so passionate about this. I was 30 or so before I finally went to a war zone and went to Kosovo before I finally saw how freaking ugly mankind can get. And I've never forgotten it. I've never forgotten it. And I, I have friends who saw the same things that I saw and I have, and they have never forgotten it. You never forget a mass grave. When you see one, you never forget seeing a town that's half burned out and the half the population killed the other half of the population and buried them out back of their houses. You never forget it. So when I came back to America, I had such a, such a new Appreciation for what we've got here, and there's so many Americans that have no idea what they've got. We've got no idea what we've got, and it it, it infuriates me, and it breaks my heart, and I know it's not their fault. But I'm trying to, I'm 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 trying to, I'm trying to let them know that this is America is a one-off in history. It is a one off. And we've got people running around saying that we're a, we're a systemically racist country and that we're, we're fundamentally a bad people and that the white people are bad, black people are good, uh, Asian people, eh, so so, uh, you know, uh, Muslim people and the Middle Eastern people, okay, they're good to go, uh, but everybody else, bad. And they're balkanizing us much like happened in the Balkans and Kosovo and uh, and those surrounding countries there. But people don't know what we got. And they don't know how thin the veneer of civilization is, it is a it is as thin as a piece of tissue paper. Cut off the lights lights for a couple months in America and see what happens. All right, now I'm off my soapbox.
0: <laughs> I think that's a good place to end. Yeah. Because, and, and I'm, I'm not going to end this show like we normally do. You guys know where to find us, who, who we are a part of, other than just the show. I'm, I'm going to say this. If we were so bad as a country, if you honestly think that white people are bad or there's a systemic racism and all of this other bullshit that the mainstream media feeds you, the question that I want to end the show with is, why are so many people around the world trying to get here? We'll see you guys next time.